The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, folks. Welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. Got a treat for you today. Before I get to that, I want to remind you about the Typology Institute membership. I love the Typology Institute membership and our Typology Institute members. Just a bit about the membership. There are perks for members, a few of which are a special podcast Ian and I do every month. And then we have a town hall discussing that podcast and more. We do Q&A, a lot of crosstalk. We get to know our members by name, their stories. I love it. I think you will too. It's $15 a month or $150 a year. To join, simply go to typologyinstitute.com. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y institute.com. Simple enough. Hey, super excited about today's show. For the next four weeks, Ian and I are going through the rubric SOAR, which Ian writes about in his book. That's S-O-A-R-C, Observe, Awaken, and Rewrite. And we're actually taking this month to go through each step of that process, talk through it, and walk through it with you. So really excited to have this conversation with Ian around this idea of SOAR. Today, of course, would be C, and Ian is going to break that whole thing down for you. So without any further ado, let's get on it and get to the host of our show, Ian Crump. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Ian. Good to see you today. It is great to see you. I'm glad to be back from Mexico. Yeah, you've been in Mexico for how many days were you there? We were there for about eight days. Tell us a little bit about that trip. We were in uh, Mexico City for three days. (laughs) Yeah. And then we went to uh, this wonderful town in the mountains called San Miguel de Allende. Mm. And uh, it's a magical, magical place. Uh, I got to dance in the parade uh, of the crazies, which is what it's called. So we posted a social of you doing that. Oh. And... It went viral. <laughs> I think that's been the favorite post of the year. Oh, my gosh. Well, it, 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 it was uh, tabloid worthy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One question about Mexico City, the river. Tell me about that. Oh, man, there's this river in the in the city, and they have these crazy, it's, it's sort of impossible to describe, mm-hmm. these wild colorful boats and you know we had the whole family there so there's Mm -hmm. seven of us on these boats and you know there are other boats and they're coming up and they're like selling food to us and uh mariachi bands oh man (laughs) i mean the whole thing was magical so good to be with my kids Uh, and it's it's an enneagram experience right Mm -hmm. because i have a six i got an eight i got two sevens sevens. i got two nines i mean it's just Everybody's yeah. represented. Everybody's represented, man. It's it's a riot. That's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad we're back at it. And we have something exciting we're rolling out for the folks this month. We're doing a four-part series where we're actually going to uh, break up your the acronym you use in your book, SOAR. 
Right. Okay. So we're going to get to that just a little bit. I want to start with this uh, quote that you uh, wrote in your book. You said the genius of the Enneagram is not only that it reveals what needs to change, but also how to change. Mm. So that makes me really excited because I think, you know, the Enneagram just doesn't point to the problem, but points to a solution. It leads us to a solution, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited about this four-part series because you're going to be walking us through step-by-step how we can change. So would you give us a little bit of an explanation or a teaser of what's to come over these next four weeks? Sure. So, you know, in the story of you, my new book, what I do is, for those who haven't read it yet, um, I make this case that the nine types on the Enneagram are not just personality styles, Mm -hmm. but they also represent the stories that each type tells themselves about who they are and how they think the world works. Mm. Those stories, uh, you know, are are based on the, um, how do I want to say this, the the taken-for-granted beliefs that have been unchallenged, they're based on hurtful events. They're based on unhelpful internalized messages from childhood that continue to rule our lives today. Mm-hmm. It's, which, in essence, is this thing called the origin story. Right. Right. And here's the deal. These stories are super helpful for us as little kids to make sense of the world, but they begin to really work against us in, in adulthood. So, for example, right, if, if you build a story in childhood around this idea that if I want to win love, mm-hmm. I have to meet the needs of every other person. Like everyone else's needs trump my own, mm-hmm. right? Well, what story is that? That's the story of the two, the mm-hmm. helper, right? right? Now, that may help you as a little kid get your needs met, but in adulthood, that just leads to this, this you living under the tyranny of this sort of codependent, crazy message that will make you miserable. Yeah. Like each of the Enneagram types have a story yeah. That ultimately makes them miserable. Right. 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 Now, part of the journey of transformation is from passion to virtue. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the passion of that too, for example, is pride. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the journey of transformation is toward humility, mm-hmm. which will short circuit the story. Mm. Right, the more yeah. humility you develop, right, the less the grip of that story has over your life. Right, I love that. I love that. And so the SOAR acronym mm-hmm. was my way of trying to say, okay, here are four simple steps that you can begin to journey through in order to uh, relax your again grip on the on old, old story. story. And actually begin to craft a new one. I love that. So the acronym is just for the folks out there. It is SOAR, S-O-A-R. Yeah, not S-O-R-E. That's right. We don't want to make anyone sore. It's C, Own, Awaken, and Rewrite. So you quoted author Wendell Berry. And he says, if you don't know where you're from, you'll have a hard time saying where you're going. So you've talked to us a little bit about origin story. We've talked about this acronym SOAR. Today, we're going to focus on the actual word, just C. We're going to take just today's podcast and talk about C. And then the next four weeks, we're going to go through Own, Awaken, and Rewrite. So let's talk about C. What's important about seeing where you are? So why do you go to therapy? To uncover your brokenness, a need to get help. 
Mm-hmm. And part of it is is to make sense of mm. how you got to where you are. Okay. Right? So we know that at least in the first chapters of therapy, you're, you're kind of uh, reflecting, how did I get here to the problems that I face today? Like, mm-hmm. how do I make sense of them? Mm-hmm. In a way, particularly if you're in narrative therapy, you're going back and looking at the old story. Mm-hmm. I don't know a therapist. Now, they may not phrase it that way, right? right. But that is what you're doing. Yeah. Like, what is the story? How did I yeah, get stuck happened? in this story? Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know in my own experience of therapy, I, I had to go back and, and really examine, like, how did I get to become the person I am today with my, per- in, both in my beauty and in my, my shortfalls. Mm-hmm. Right. And now the problem with therapy Ian, is, you know, with kids getting ready is, to be home for the summer, it's the perfect time for them to make the, some new discoveries. The All you're doing from is creating giant every bubbles to week experimenting with you know, ice cream. And your kids can explore like, well, of science, well, of technology, you do this and that. engineering, but no and way art, forward. and a fun yeah. and hands-on You know what I'm saying? Way. It's like, of course, like I'm talking not really about one of our favorite spending sponsors, enough time KiwiCo. Ian, tell the folks about a KiwiCo subscription. Exactly. Exactly. And so... That's what I love about SOAR, mm. right, is, okay, well, we're going to take into account the past. What is the old story? How mm-hmm. did I get it? Mm-hmm. That's the C, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and it's an important step. Uh, and I'll be honest with folks listening. This is not an easy journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, and this is sort of the ugly part. Well, not. The, I mean, ugly. Is that a bad way to put it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it ugly, but it's the uh, messy part. It's the face and the facts. There you go. You know what I mean? It's facing the facts. Um, this is something, you know, I read a great quote the other day. This person said, I have spent my life looking pain in the eye mm. and trying to make something better of it. Mm. And I think that's what we have to do in our own lives, right? Mm. We have to look pain in the eye in order to make something better of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's part Ian, of the when journey. when you told me last see, month they had a great time to go back and, and using their own cannonball launcher. This sounds really fun. <clears throat> you know the beauty? What just struck me while you're saying that is it's not creating something in the past. It's just honestly viewing the past. So it's, it is there. It mm-hmm. exists. Mm-hmm. And the only way to move forward is to move through it. Right. And yes. And it's, you know, it's not enough to, to sort of look at the past to see it. it there's a part of it that's about accepting it. Mm. You know That's what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is what is. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, <laughs> this is something I say to people all the time. You know, I've had clients that would say, you know, why did this happen to me? And sometimes I just want to go, well, why not? Because, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a question that... You also, can't get an answer to. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. You, you, there's no answer to why. No. You know, and even if there was, it's speculative. Yeah. So why get stuck in the why? Waste of time, um, waste of energy. It is. And I know people sometimes have to go through a little season of going, why me? And, and mm-hmm. you know, grieving it. But at the same time, ultimately, it's like, dude, it ain't personal. It yeah. just happened. Yeah. You know? So you talk about seeing the story and then you talk about uh, writing it down and sharing it with a trusted friend. Now, when I read that, I love journaling myself, but I know some people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to do that. So what word of advice would you give to someone as they're starting this process of seeing and taking the time to journal it? Well, you know, I wrote a memoir. Mm -hmm. And I don't obviously expect people to write a memoir, right? right? But I got to say, man, that in writing out my story, Mm -hmm. 
there were so many revelations along the way. Mm-hmm. Just so many things. I went, oh, mm-hmm. now I get it. You know, it's yeah. like, and there was so much self-forgiveness. Mm, ooh, there, that's beautiful. Yeah, and there was no, along that journey, there was no self-judgment, self-condemnation. It was just seeing what happened. Mm-hmm. Now, in the book, I say, look, you could just do 350 words. That's one page, mm-hmm. right? But what are we looking for? We want to see the story without any judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost like a neutral witness. And then just say, well, this is how I got here. And and, and another way to put that is, Mm -hmm. this is how my Enneagram type came to be. Mm. This is how my story Mm. that I continue to live in with all of its wrong messages and and, uh, reactions and self-limiting mistaken ideas, right, came to be. Don't you think that when you see something in black and white in front of you, it helps you be that more sort of disconnected observer as opposed to just in a conversation or working something out in your head. I know for me, it's like when I journal, I'm sometimes I'm, I'm actually in the process and I'm, and I, I guess you, you kind of mentioned it a minute ago. I'm like, what? Because sometimes you're, I don't know, your hand knows something your right. heart doesn't or head doesn't at the point, you know? Well, you're actually, um, saying something that research actually supports that okay. that when when you write things down something does happen mm-hmm. um that unlocks a lot of material for you mm-hmm. right yeah and uh, in a way that doesn't happen when you just think about it mm-hmm. right yeah. there's something about the written word that uh opens us up to healing in a way that we don't anticipate mm. now Again, people shy away from journaling. And I get it because you know what? Guess what? I don't particularly like journaling. Yeah. I, I, at least in my mind, it's a little bit like meditation. Sometimes I'm like, this is, this is going to be tedious. Right. You know? But then when I actually sit down and do it, it, it turns out to be infinitely better than I thought. Yeah. But getting to the journal and sitting and writing yeah. is an effort. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an effort. And I guess I just also say to people, Start, start small. Just give it 350 words. Write out the story. You know, start. And, you know, here's the way you could break it down. Uh, on the first day that you do it, right, just cover zero to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Stop. Then the next time, 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Next time, 15 to 20. You know what I'm saying? 15 mm-hmm. to 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could probably stop there. So you just give it four days, you know what I mean? And just like say, okay, I'm going to spend a, a page on each of those segments of time. No, I think that would that's probably a massive relief for someone that's listening right now to hear that. So you're just talking about four days, mm-hmm. a page per day. Anybody can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody. And I think um, when you see it, also what will come up is such warmth for yourself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we're... We're accountable for the ways that we live our lives in reaction to some things that happened in the past, mm. but we're not responsible for what happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that, that ability to go, oh, yeah, of course. No mm. wonder I got stuck in this story. Yeah. You know? It's okay. Yeah. I just have to be responsible for, you know, for no longer buying into the lies of that broken story. Right. So now there's a second part 
you mentioned, you talk about writing it down, and then you talk about sharing it with a trusted friend. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? You know, that's kind of something I really learned, in, you know, from my experience in 12-step groups, mm-hmm. right? Step five is admitted to ourselves, uh, to God, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, mm-hmm. right? Now, in this instance, it's not wrongs per se. You mm-hmm. could just say story, mm-hmm. The exact nature of our story. Mm-hmm. But what is it that, and again, this is research, what, what happens when you do it? Number one, um, you create connection. Mm. Connection is the natural climate in which healing takes place. You have to come out of the shadows and tell the story, mm. right? You have to tell the story. Secondly, um, what it does um, is... In that experience, what you see, and you, by the way, you do have to pick a trusted other, but what you, what you see in the telling of the story is another person kind of going, oh, yeah, sure. Right. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Really? Yeah. You know, it's like if you pick the trusted other and you don't see judgment and you don't see horror and shock, yeah. you know, there's a real gift in it, you know, where you're like, oh, I, and, and just the telling of the story, the pouring out. And I, I would say you do it with a great friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it with a priest or a, you know, somebody who's more neutral or with your pastor. You could do mm-hmm. it with you know, um, other people besides a therapist. You know? mm-hmm. and, and there's some value in that because they're not listening to you because you pay them. Right, yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I think there's such power in, in uh, the the telling aloud of the broken story. Um, uh, And again, I want to tie this back to the Enneagram. The story you end up telling, I guarantee you, will be Mm -hmm. describing your type. Mm -hmm. How did you become that type? That was my experience, and I just don't know how someone else couldn't actually see that. Yeah. Um, Back to what you said. I think I'm going to interject this just before you get to that. I know for myself, I have a group meeting with uh, eight other men every week, and it's you know moderated. There's a facilitator, and these are all people that I totally trust. And as I have told my story in that setting, the moderator stopped me at times and said, "Wait a minute! Like you just said five things there that are major traumatic events. You know, could, you know. Let's just get give the the room to everyone here to respond." And the compassion with which they have responded to have, has allowed me to have more compassion on myself, mm. right? So I, I just love that practice of being able to share something that you've discovered or your story um, with another. So Yeah, well, you know, doesn't it go back to the old uh, trope we've heard a million times, but it's true. You're only as sick as your secrets. Mm. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. So coming out of the shadows sharing the quote-unquote secrets. And also, there's such power in having to tell the story so that it becomes a coherent thing. You're not just sort of stuck in the soup of this happened, that happens. like, no, Mm -hmm. lay it out Mm -hmm. and and see it in its sort of continuous linear presentation. Mm -hmm. Love that. So, Ian, is there something specific that each type should watch out for or look for as they begin to write and record their story. Yeah, man. So let's just talk about ones for a moment. I I think what ones have to watch out for, 
as they're actually doing the exercise uh-huh. is is not saying to themselves, I gotta do this perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta I gotta write it perfectly. Maybe the grammar's gotta be right. I, I have to uh, make sure everything's included. I really wanna make sure that you know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Just write. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Just just vomit on the page. Yeah. And don't critique it, you know, uh, while you're uh, in the process of of doing it, right? Yeah. Ones also tend to struggle with admitting weakness, mm. right? Or, or failure. And so I would just tell them to watch out for that. Like, mm-hmm. just get it all down. Don't edit. No just, edits. Yeah. No edits, That's man. Good, just, yeah. just, you know... Just, uh, just go for it. If you're, if you, if you're editing in the process of writing, you're already shut down. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I so I think for twos, what they, what they ought to watch out for, is um, seeing just how much of their life and their story they have focused on so much on the needs of others, right? While at the same time disowning their own needs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like really seeing, like, like, well, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And then, and then recognizing, and again, this is going to happen with each type. It's like, uh, how did I lose touch? And mm. as you're going along, just see the the sort of the milestone moments. Mm. How did I lose touch? Yeah, right. Love that. Now with threes, I I think what a three has to pay attention to is their feelings as they go right because they have trouble acknowledging their feelings now what am i feeling as i write this you you say uh because the three is in the heart triad and you say the four is kind of overly identified with their feelings the two overly identified eyes with other people's feelings but the three is most asleep to their feelings yeah they not that they don't have feelings it's just that they don't know what to call them when they come up yeah you know yeah and sometimes they have the same problem in their relationship with other people. I, I also think that, you know, it's interesting, threes are oftentimes, in a hidden kind of surprising way, the, there's a lot of shame in the life of threes. Mm. Uh, and so to watch that, to see if that mm-hmm. comes up, you know. And again, these are just things to be mindful of, to yeah. watch out for as you're writing. Just to be observant, to yeah. learn from, Yeah, you know. Okay, fours. Oh, man, fours. Fours are not going to have a lot of problem, <laughs> trouble with this. Uh, they're they're going to just, feelings are going to come out, memories are going to come out. It's mm-hmm. really going to be something, you know. Um, I think what fours have to maybe do as they go along is be a little objective versus constantly subjective. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Add a little critical thinking to the process. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't write a novel. Mm-hmm. You know, just tell the story mm-hmm. and and to see it. Now, a four could really get stuck in grief. Mm-hmm. That's not uncommon for fours. Okay. Right. Yeah. So and get stuck in this belief that this story is so unique that nobody else has had something similar. Right. Like. Like one of the things that happens in my 12-step community that's both beautiful and humbling is realizing, oh, everybody else has suffered. Oh, and guess what? My suffering, my story is actually in this room retold in different Mm -hmm. fashions by about five other people. Yeah, that's good. So, um, And thankfully, we have three steps that follow that will help the four pull out of right oh man i can go back I, I have a bunch of old journals downstairs that i actually keep in a safe box because yeah. I, I i've told my wife if i die don't let the kids get just, just burn it don't let the kids see them you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they were written when i was in my 20s yeah. you know and the stories and the long journal entries and the grief and the pain that rolled out was good 
But I think, you know, for purposes of this exercise, you don't need to go as far down the rabbit hole as I did. Yeah. Jack Nicholson says he uh, journals, but he writes it illegibly, so not even he can reread what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Type I, five. I get that. You know, I think fives just sort of pay attention to their own emotional landscape and, and mm. see if they actually are connecting with what they're writing on the page. That's good. To not just see it as data, but to see it as a matter of the heart. Ooh. To connect with it. Wow. Like, what was that like? I got a guy I know who, um, he's a five, and he just tells the story of growing up in a home where, maybe I've told this to you before, where he, he, his, he had a parent that was really psychologically intrusive, and he just went running up into his mind to cope, right? Mm-hmm. And it was his hidey-hidey place, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in his bedroom, he had a desk, and uh, he'd sit at the desk. It didn't look out a window. But, and on the wall in front of him were all these like maps and things he could look at. And, you know, mm. and, you know, I can imagine a five, if they were doing this correctly, would think back on that and feel such empathy for that child. Mm. Get in touch with the feelings, you know, and yeah. watch out for them when they come up. And when they do come up, sit with them, mm. you know, that's good. Savor them, even if they're yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I think it's important because feelings uh, inform us, right? So the feeling has something to tell you. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, sixes. God bless them. I love my sixes. You know, interestingly, sixes uh, will have, might have some trouble putting this down or ought to watch out for, you know, um, you know, I think being a little suspicious of others and therefore i mean hold on a second let me think about sixes Mm -hmm. oh okay ready yeah all right sixes you know uh you know one of the hallmark features of sixes is self-doubt and Mm self-questioning and i just wonder if sixes as they do this need to watch out for doubting themselves Mm. you know did it happen this way did it happen exactly that way you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and just having a lot of self-questioning and self-doubt coming up and just plowing through it yeah don't stop man just keep going don't doubt yourself don't doubt your history don't question it yeah you know just just get it down there and don't sweat it same kind of thing uh what we talked about with the ones like don't edit just get it on paper yes um i you know, and by the way, with threes, can I just pop back to them for yeah, a second? Sure. Something just occurred to me. You know, I think with threes, to write it down without thinking how it's going to sound to others when they hear it, mm-hmm. just write it down. Yeah, for the I would say for the three, don't don't get ahead of yourself thinking about when you're going to share it with that person. Right, you're alone and you're just getting stuff on yeah. paper. Because what you do if you do that is if you're not being careful, is you'll spin it. Yeah, you'll spin the story to sound better than it was mm-hmm. or to sometimes a very unhealthy or not very self-aware three would do it in such a way that um, might cast themselves as a hero in the story mm-hmm. uh, in order to or write the story in a way that they think others would want to hear it yeah yeah you know all right let's go to type seven well you know this is going to be a struggle for sevens and this yeah. is a this is a struggle that we talk about a lot right mm-hmm. Sevens just don't want to deal with pain, and and they they have to be very very careful that they don't reframe the story as they go along. Right. Well, this was actually an okay thing. I really learned yeah. this. It's like no man, yeah. just and when the when the feelings come up, stay with them. Yeah. Don't leave the room. Yeah. Don't uh, now 
if it becomes too intense for a seven, mm-hmm. all right, then spend, give, you know, set a, set the egg timer for 15 minutes and yeah. then come back to it, Yeah, you know, the next day yeah. or whatever. But it's, it is very important for the seven to write down what happened in their story and how do they get to be where they are mm-hmm. and uh, to just work with it. I was the therapist yesterday, Jill Phillips, mm-hmm. uh, who we both know. And Jill was saying, man, I got some seven clients. And she said, it is, oh, actually, let me redo yeah. this. Um, you know, yesterday I, I was with a, a friend of yours of mine who's a therapist. I'm not going to say uh, her name. Yeah. Uh, but she said she had a bunch of seven clients. Mm-hmm. And she said, it is so hard. They just come for three or four sessions and then they won't stay. Mm-hmm. She said, but I got one who has stuck it out and has bravely kind of seen her history and wow. stayed with it. Wow. And she said, I've seen so much growth. Mm. And that's what sevens have to do. Is just yeah. stay with it. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, you know, it's hard for sevens to do that. Encouragement. You're talking about a page. There is an end to that page and an end to the process. So you're yeah. not going to get stuck in this. Yeah. You're just going right. to put this down and move on. And by the way, you know, in these recording of our seeing our history, how do we get this story? There's mm. going to be some good memories. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like, I mean, I want to remind each type, there's going to be some good memories. Yeah, um, it's good. So though the human mind tends to, because we have this negative, sort of what we call a negative, negative bias, bias, right, is always going to focus in on the negative. Yeah. But there were some, I think about my childhood, which was crappy on a whole. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking today, oh, there were some sweet moments of memories that I remember. And I yeah. just, I actually have to bake those into my calculations. Okay, type eight. You know, the old mantra about eights is don't confuse vulnerability with weakness. Yeah. Right. And so uh, this requires vulnerability. It, it requires uh, coming face to face with our, our weaknesses. Yeah. And I think just uh, allowing ourselves to go there is super important. That's good. Okay. We'll wrap it up with the type nine. All right. Well, two things. Nines, you know, I can just tell you this from working with nines. They have to really sit down and get organized as they write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not get too rambly and meandering, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but to really um, get into the story and, and make it a coherent narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and the nine also has to see this as a good investment of time. Mm. They have to watch out for uh, the you know, the old sloth getting in there and not really going at it and doing a thorough job yeah. with, with what's been set out before them. That's good. Okay, so we're wrapping up this podcast on C. Let's just remind our listeners, what is the point? So the point is we want to rewrite our narrative. We mm-hmm. want to break out of the old story mm-hmm. to inhabit a new one, a truer one, a better one, mm-hmm. uh, a story that fits who we are now as adults. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point, man. Like, mm-hmm. and, and to give people a map for doing it. Yeah. How do I become a better seven, a better one, a better nine? Actually, to disidentify with the story, though, the yeah. broken story that continues to fuel those uh, parts of our, our type that just are not working for us, man. I love it. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a. Uh your first of a four-part series. We're going to be rolling out three other podcasts that follow this one. This is C and the others are own, awaken, and rewrite. So this is just the first of four steps that help us get to that point. So super exciting. Thanks for walking us through that, Ian. 
Thanks, everybody. And of course, Typology audience, may you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, and may you have rest. Until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 